Morning, everyone. Good to be uh, back with you after being away for a while, which I'll talk a bit about in a minute. But before I do that, let's read the Bible together. Uh, we're going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, we're going to read the whole chapter. So it should be on the screen. I'm going to read from the old NIV because that's what I've got in my hand. So it's going to be a little bit different. You can pick the differences. No, it's 1 Timothy. Ooh, nearly made the mistake. 2 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that you will be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and now and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but now has been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought us life and immortality and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know who I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you have heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Philegius and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onithorus because he has often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well how many ways he has helped me in Ephesus. And then just 2 chapter 1 that says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to explore this little passage uh, together with you. Uh, this morning. But before I do, um, I was telling some of the uh, leadership here, some of my experiences in Uganda over the last uh, three weeks. So I thought, um, or they asked that it might be a bad idea just to share a few here. So if I put the first slide up. So what I thought I'd do is just um, share just briefly um, 
I've been going back and forth to Uganda for 10 years now. So 10 years, it's 2018 is the 10-year anniversary of Hope Builders. And um, probably what struck me most uh, going back this time was um, transformation and change in people. And so um, some of the people that I've just got up there, up there the, the guy uh, holding the hose on the wall is Emma. Emma has been working as uh, one of the builders in Hope Builders for, I don't know, probably close to 10 years. He's been there pretty well from the start. Uh, he now sort of manages the building team. Um, and he um, has a love for God, a love for kids, a love for building. Um, and just hearing him speak, he spoke at our farewell thing. And hearing um, the things that uh, God has been stirring in him for the ongoing work of Hope Builders. And I just thought... This guy's life um, has been changed as he's had 10 years of employment and his family has been changed as uh, that has provided for them. And it was just nice to hear of long-term sustained support and commitment and see the change that it brings as God brings about the change through his people who serve. Um, the girl down the, the opposite corner is Peace. Peace is one of the girls who uh, came into the village early on. She now works in uh, Subi House in hospitality, is studying hospitality. Um, and I, sp I spoke to a number of the children who have been in the village for seven, eight, nine years and seeing them now um, grow into summer in university um, some of them are studying vocational training. Uh, some of them, like Peace and, and others, are in hospitality and working in that. Um, and it's just great to see a long-term sustained uh, effort of change and transformation in people who are, who are now breaking the cycle of poverty. And <laughs> what was even better than that was how passionate they are about following Jesus. And you don't have to talk to them long before um, their faith came out. And so I was with a team, the team that I had, um, of the 10 people that were part of the team, seven of the team were not Christians. And one of the things that impacted the team this year was coming across passionate Ugandan Christians who have been broken out of the cycle of poverty and live for Jesus and are um, on his mission <laughs> to continue that uh, in their country. Um, one of the powerful places we experience that is in the other top corner there is um, Ebenezer Dance Force, uh, which comes out of Youth Support Uganda that Luke and Agnes have been working with. We worked with these guys um, at Youth Support Uganda, building the new youth centre, um, but also on a mercy ministry. They had organised, there's a family that lives just down the road, 13 people uh, living in a house that didn't have doors, windows, wasn't finished, dirt floor. Uh, and these guys basically organised us. You've got to realise what's happening here. They organised for us to help them. I had nothing to do with organising what happened. They organised it, we partnered with them and we worked side by side with them as these young guys passionately showed what it meant to serve Jesus by helping out this family because uh, they're all on school holidays and stuff like that. They didn't need to be there. Um, and to hear uh, their faith uh, and their life and their positivity about things um, 
was amazing. And so, Luke and Agnes, you're here. I just want to acknowledge the work that you're doing in discipling young people to follow Jesus and to see them um, making a difference in that land was great. Uh, to see and, b- and be with um, young leaders there um, like Douglas and even some of the guys from here, Aaron and, um, and Grace, to see the transformation that Jesus is doing through the church worldwide as we continue this work. Um, and then the last one here was uh, what it looks like to take 100 kids to the zoo. So we took, <laughs> we took, 100, we took all the kids from the village to uh, Entebbe Zoo. Um, and the thing that struck everyone, so everyone I tell this to, they say, you're crazy. Why did you do that? Like, how did you manage that? Did you lose any of them? What, what, how did that happen? And uh, you can't quite see it there, but the two girls in red there, uh, are walking arm in arm as they go around. And the beautiful thing is that we took 100 kids to the zoo and, and walked around, and there was just this beautiful sort of picture of older kids looking after younger kids, of younger kids seeking out older kids to help understand things, uh, of a desire to learn. We had this guy that was telling them all about the animals, and the kids would just gather in and just absorb the information uh, that he was taking. And it was this beautiful picture of a loving... Uh, community um, working together. And I am no, under no illusion that it's a perfect system. I'm highlighting the, the things that... Uh, I saw lots of other brokenness and sinfulness that happen uh, there as well. But I just wanted to encourage you and encourage us um, that God is at work continuing uh, to help move people in following him. Uh, to make a difference in breaking the cycle of poverty, and, and you guys are part of that story. Uh, and I just wanted to convey that back to you. Some of the lives that have been touched, transformed, and changed as you uh, have supported them in that work. And it was nice to just to finish off the day I left. Ken and Nicole arrived, so it was nice to Ken and Nicole are working in the home of hope and continuing on some of that work, uh, and just to see an ongoing story that's happening there uh, before they head off as well. So, can I encourage you to keep praying for the work um, and keep um, testifying to God's goodness uh, that He's working in and through His church uh, across the world? So, I wanted to share some of that with you. Um, I want to jump now into um, preaching a sermon, my final sermon as pastor here. Uh, So I I think they've slotted me in for some preaching stuff later on in the year, which I'll be doing. But this being my last time that I'm sort of officially pastor here, it's my last sort of day uh, that I get to do that here. So um, as I was wrestling with what, to preach on where to go with it. I want to go back to the beginning. So we're on this side, go to the next slide. Um, And this passage was uh, the sermon that I preached on when I was ordained as a pastor here in 2012. Um, And this was the passage uh, that I preached. And so I thought I want to go back there and just reflect on that as my last one as well. Um, I think a lot of pastors uh, relate to Timothy and particularly me in terms of who I am as a person and stuff like that, that idea of being sort of a timid pastor and learning and growing and understanding that, wrestling with self-doubts and all that sort of stuff. 
um, and I shared how um, I felt a lot like Timothy. Um, but I want to now share, however many years it is after that, um, how God has done what Scott so lovely illustrated, is that God has used you as a church um, to fan into flame my gifts. Um, and as I sort of looked at this letter from Paul uh, to Timothy, um, I wanted to use that uh, to reflect on, but also use that to, um, to thank you for as a church. So uh, we go to the next slide. Um, as Paul goes, this is just following straight through the passage. Paul uh, thanks God because of you. And that's what I have done often in my 25 years of ministry here. I have thanked God for this church, for this leadership, for its support, for um, the support for me and my family, that God had orchestrated uh, the specifics of things that you have done over the years um, to grow me, um, transform me, and to be able to uh, pursue ministry in the way that I have. Um, and as Paul does this sort of as a letter of encouragement to Timothy, I just wanted to thank you for your encouragement over the years. That over the years I've received many uh, times where I've received notes and even this morning I uh, got a couple of texts from people saying, uh, praying for you this morning as you preach and stuff like that. And there's just been that constant uh, flow through my ministry here. So I want to thank you for that. And as Paul goes in the next one, he says, I constantly thank you, or he constantly prays for Timothy uh, night and day. And I want to thank you for praying for me uh, over the years. So many times people have come to me and prayed um, and conveyed God's words to me through prayer or through cards, gifts, emails and things like that. So thank you for being a faithful church and praying for me and the family. Um, Paul re reflects as he's, he's giving thanks in that, in that space for um, a joy-filled ministry. And when I step out of here, that's what I step out of. I step out with a sense that um, there was a lot of joy that I experienced in my years of ministry here and continue to. And as I've reflected back, I was thinking of um, the ways that God has worked in and through uh, us as a church, experiences from, you know, from you know, door knocking through to uh, grow groups and life groups and things like that. Uh, these uh, deep-rooted uh, uh, connection to God and his kingdom work uh, as we've worked together uh, as a church. Um, and so I leave here uh, with tears of joy <laughs> uh, for the, the service that um, I've had in this, this church. Uh, and then Paul talks about, um, you know, he talks about um, Timothy's legacy, his family legacy of a grandmother and a mother um, and now him. And, and I just want to say thanks to my church family that this church family has left a legacy in me and you have been part of nurturing and growing and maturing me. Uh, and there is uh, a deposit that has been put in me uh, through you as you've um, encouraged me and built me up. And I, I put that out there as old and young. Um, it's not just sort of the old people have been here from the start, but sort of young people, young adults, even kids, uh, interactions that they've sort of helped me see and learn and know and understand uh, more about who God is and who I am uh, because of him. And I think, <laughs> and, and the reason I'm talking about this is um, it's a little bit that 
the image that Scott sort of gave us, is this is how God works. God works so often through his people as they encourage, build up and fan uh, into flame each other. Um, And so my word from this as we go out of this is that you would continue to do that. Um, And the fanning into the into flame that gift that you've done that as I've reflected back um, encouragement <laughs> but here's the other one he often talks about it too I've received truthful feedback from you guys as well um, feedback that's not always easy to give um, correcting, rebuking <laughs> those sorts of things and I want to thank you for those that have said that to me and, uh, and encouraged me in that way as well I've had so many opportunities in this church to study to learn, to preach and teach. And I was even just reflecting back on the opportunity to do a sabbatical here that you uh, guys have allowed me to fan into flame um, my gift. So thanks for doing that. And uh, as we go, this passage, uh, we go to the next slide. Um, This passage has been on my wall. Uh, I I tried to highlight it so that you would see it, but you'd be able to read it, but you can't. Uh, And it's that that line that Scott talked about, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity but of power, of love and self-discipline. And that's pretty well been stuck on my wall since uh, the day I was ordained here. And so um, I've experienced God's power and God's supernatural transformation through you as uh, you have been involved in um, encouraging me and building, up, building me up. Um. And I think, so I don't, I don't want to dismiss sort of, because I think Scott's illustration powerfully does that, that as I get up and I preach and I teach and I'm involved in things, there's a supernatural activity that happens there. And there are times where I've um, come to preach and done preaching or teaching or been involved in things and thought, where did that come from? <laughs> that didn't come from me. Or there was a connection that happened with someone afterwards that I didn't plan for or, or organise or orchestrate. And so... Uh, I just want to keep us to encourage that, that what we're involved in here is not just a physical human thing. It's a supernatural thing. And so that's why, you know, that we, uh, you know to spur you guys on to keep praying, uh, to keep encouraging, to keep building up, to keep teaching, to keep learning as we um, do this together to uh, display God um, to, the, to the world. Because I don't want this just to be a nice story about Glenn. I'm just using that to illustrate how God works through his church. I want to encourage you to keep working at that so that God's glorified in his church, so that each one of you discover those gifts and use those gifts and serve together as we um, bring his kingdom uh, to earth here. So have a bit of think about that right now. Who is it that maybe God's laying on your heart right now that you might need to do a bit of fanning for? fan into flame their gifts, someone that you might need to lay hands on and pray for, or someone you might need to right now encourage or build up, Um, someone maybe you actually need to correct, someone that you may need to go and seek forgiveness of. And so that in doing that together, as God's spirit works in us, uh, we would become more and more uh, what he wants us to be. And so... um, and this, this, I was going to say, this works both ways. The fanning into flame it works as people ask, um, you know, you look for people and do that, but it also works the other way, that we need to ask for it. 
There have been many times where I've gone to people and said, pray for me, help me in this, I'm not sure on this. And so there's that giving and receiving uh, of these things that need to, to work together. So keep sparing on that. Um, I wanted to finish uh, this sermon, just say thank you for that, but I wanted to um, lock into the next one is uh, I wanted my, in some ways, this, this is Paul's last letter, uh, sort of towards the end, it's probably the last letter he writes, it's the last letter definitely to Timothy, and it's, um, and he does this in a lot of his letters, and I want to do this too, and I, I want for you guys just to continue to know the truth of the gospel, uh, to sink that deep into you, and to be reminded of the truth, and I've said it lots of times here, the truth of who God is, and who you are because of him. And that to, to, to know it, and, and like Paul that says it numerous times, he just, often in his letters, he goes on this side rant, and it's almost like he can't contain himself about the good news of Jesus and, and who the church now is because of what Jesus has done. And just be reminded that he has saved us and called us to a holy life. That's a life that's set apart from the world, that's different to the world, that is bringing uh, his glory. And this is, this is the key bit. <laughs> it's not because of what you have done or what we have done, but it's because of his purpose and grace. God's purpose and grace is to choose you, not because of what you've done, not because of uh, um, the things, you know, the gifts or talents that you might have. He chooses you because he loves you as his children and then gifts and empowers you to uh, bring him glory. I think early on in my life, and uh, I, I, I think I've seen it and driven it as a pastor in this church, um, that often I measure what God's doing in life by what, they, what people do. Um, and I seek forgiveness of that. I think early on in my ministry, I, we, I place far too much emphasis on um, <laughs> doing stuff rather than being with, with God and, and living out the gospel. Uh, grace that has been working at us from the beginning, and it's this beautiful phrase that has been now revealed in Jesus, and just to remind you that he has destroyed death and that uh, he has brought immortality to light. I like that little phrase, that Jesus has now um, brought the idea of an eternal life with him forever, and that's been placed in you uh, to bring a smile to your face and put a spring in your step. That Jesus is coming again and he's going to come back and he's going to bring you into eternity and he's going to live with you in ecstasy forever in the new earth and the new heavens. So be reminded of that truth, that big perspective uh, again. And he constantly says it right through chapter 2, if you read through the rest of the letter, uh, remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and descended to David from David. He says, this is my gospel. What does he mean by that? He's saying, remember, Jesus is who he said he was, that he was truly the son of God. Never forget that he was the son of because he rose from the dead. And so he was God. Uh, and, and the descended from David, what is that? It's been part of a promise that God has promised from the beginning of when sin entered the world. God was promised that someone was going to come and from, be descended from David and save the world, that God is still working out his promises. And then there's this beautiful little, if you've got your Bibles or have a read through it, um, is this, he has this trustworthy little saying in chapter 2 from verse 11, and then he says this, he says, Remember, if we died with him, we also live with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. 
Uh, if we disown him, he will disown us. What's that about is more about if you don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God, you can't live with him. You, if you don't believe that God exists, you can't be part of that. Because I just want to highlight that because the ne- next line is really important. It says this. It says, if we are faithful, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So even in our doubts, and even when we find it hard to believe that truth, he says he'll step into that space for us. And he even come, overcomes our faith and our doubt. And so to keep coming back to, and keep praying that prayer that we read a few times in the New Testament, is help me overcome my unbelief. Help me to recognise the truth of this gospel. Help it to be a daily uh, reality uh, for me. Uh, and then... Uh, he tells Timothy, and uh, hopefully I'm telling you, is to keep reminding them of these things. And that's what I've been trying to do <laughs> in this ministry. But this is the beauty of the letters. The letters are just not applied to me as a pastor. They're applied to you as a church. So Paul, God asks you to do that to each other, <laughs> to continue to proclaim this good news to each other. Uh, and as I say Uh, to people in the church. We need to keep preaching the gospel to ourselves and to each other in the church so that we're reminded um, of the truth of that reality. Okay, next slide, which is the last slide, I think. No, the gospel. Yep, go to the next slide. Yeah. Um, So to stay strong in the gospel and to pass it on. I think this is where... um, where Paul goes with Timothy, and, and as for me, as a, as a last word here, um, it's great to know the truth and understand that, but right the way through Paul's letters, right the way through the Gospels, right the way through um, Jesus' ministry, this is not for yourselves, even though it has a massive impact, it's for the world, it's for others. It's, and so go and make disciples of all nations, keep passing it on. And in chapter 2, uh, as he says... Um, Stay strong in the gospel. I want you to stay strong and rooted in this gospel. And then straight after that, he says, um, and these things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to reliable people who will also teach others. Um, And often they point out there's four generations of passing on there. So Paul passes it on to Timothy, who passes it on to other reliable people who are to pass it on to others. And so, for me, I've often thought about, can I have, have I seen in my life four generations of discipleship? Because <laughs> we're, we're not just called to disciple someone to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to be a follower of Jesus who passes it on, who creates follower. You are, to be, you are not to, just to be disciples, but you are to be disciple makers. And so as you stand firm in this gospel, think about who are you passing it on to? And, and to recognise, uh, if you know the story of Paul and Timothy, that this journey went over years and years and years and decades probably. And often uh, discipleship and multiplication discipleship is a long sustained journey of relationship with someone or a group of people uh, as well so that you would continue uh, on in that Uh, And then these last few words, I just thought, because I've sort of dealt with the whole letter as a whole, because sometimes it's written as a letter, so you'd read the whole bit, um, uh, the whole thing. So pass it on, four generations. Uh, Chapter one, 
which um, sort of got, again, that illustration that these spiritual gifts and these, the power that comes, uh, the power, the love and the self-discipline that is promised to us is so that we won't be ashamed of the gospel, so that we'll be able to uh, keep it as a pattern of life, that we'll be able to guard it, that that power will enable us to live that out. So we rely on his strength and his power uh, as we recognise our own weakness. Because I talk to myself, <laughs> I talk to any of you guys, and it's, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to do this, I'm not good at that. I'm d-. And that's, Paul said, yeah, that's good, Rem- remember that. <laughs> Because uh, in your weakness, God's power is made known. So that's why we need to re- rely on this spiritual uh, fanning into flame, this spiritual uh, aliveness that helps us to do that. Keep reminding each other. He does that lots. Uh, warn them. So part of that, that encouragement is warning. Avoid godlessness. Turn away from wickedness. Flee from evil desires and pursue righteousness. And so in that discipleship, in that journey, there's that honing and keeping each other uh, focused in and calling us to each other to account in that, speaking the truth in love in that. And I thank you for the people who have done that uh, in this community with me. Um, remember that it won't be easy as you get through the rest of the letter. He talks about how we're in a world where this is not going to be easy and I think in Australian context, more and more this is not going to be easy. And so we need to rely on his strength and we need to rely on one another as the church uh, uh, does that. Uh, Let people know your life and purpose. Paul does this a lot where he talks to Timothy and he says, you don't just know this, you just haven't observed this knowledge, you've seen my life. You've lived with me and you've seen how I live this out. And I think the call to us is to let people see your life. Invite people into your life. And that's where you invite people into your home, invite people into your struggles, invite people into your insecurities so that they can see the power of the gospel in those places, so that they can see uh, how we live this out day to day. Uh, again, for me, in, in my journey over probably seeing this more and more, uh, the importance of what Paul says here is to let people see your life. And that's not just a Sunday life. That's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday life as well. And so, as I say that, just think about who are the people seeing my life? Who, are, who am I living life with? Who, who, do I, who am I discipling in that sort of context as well? Uh, continue to, in what you've learned, equip one another through the word. As he sort of comes towards the end, he sort of focuses on Timothy's gift, which is preacher, teacher. So we're not all called to be like Timothy here, but think about um, what are the gifts uh, that I've been called, what have I been called to, what is my anointing, what is my ministry that God's calling me to, and what help do I need uh, with that? Um, preach the word to self and others. I've talked about that. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge the duties of your ministry. So that's where I'm going. What are your gifts? What's your call? What's your ministry? And that's part of our discipleship journey. And we need each other to discover that. I've only got to uh, understanding myself and my ministry here as I've interacted with you as the church, as I've as we've got feedback, as we've tried things and explored things and done things together. And so keep doing that keep asking what is God calling me to what's my ministry how's that going to look oh time for my departure that's right we, that's where Paul ends four verse six basically Paul's get to the point where he's dying he's gonna he thinks he's gonna die and he says this is it my life's been poured out he said I've run the race and 
I did the mic drop thing. I don't know why it went in my head, but I actually Googled, what does mic drop actually mean? <laughs> and so, you know, how, if you've seen that, you know, when someone does a performance and they drop the mic at the end, and I, I Googled it and it said, um, a sign of triumph and a sign of um, pride. And I think, like Paul does here, Paul does this at the end of his ministry, where he says, I have triumphed in Christ. He is everything and I am just about in glory. <laughs> you know, there's nothing that separates me from God. And, and what is he proud of? He's proud of who he is in Christ, not what he's done. He's proud of the things that God has done in and through his ministry. This is not a, a boastful claim. What does he always do in his letters? He says, I boast in my weakness because God's power has been at work through me. And I think um, for me too, as I've seen my own uh, brokenness, my own foibles, my own um, sins uh, in this role in the church, I can only give glory to God that he continues to extend his kingdom through me and through this church. And this week we were doing a little bit of our, our, um, our staff devotions and I was on for the last time and I came across this Bill Hybels uh, clip and he reminded us there that he has this line, uh, the church, the local church is the hope of the world. Um, first, when you read that thing, that's oh, not the church. But he sort of then goes on to explain, it's because the church holds the gospel. The church has been given the task to display the gospel to the world through word and through action. And that's what I want to encourage you guys in, that this church continues uh, to advance the kingdom and advance God's glory as you fan into flame your gifts, as you seek to uh, be his people who continue on um, this call to, to grow and to uh, care and to reach and to move people in following Christ. And uh, for, for Carolyn and myself who... Um, really feel that we are being called in a new direction um, and called into missional um, community and missional living. Um, there's a certain amount of it that we're just really uncertain about in terms of what it's going to look like, but we really feel uh, called to pursue God in that. Um, and we're excited and fearful at the same time. So continue to uh, pray for us as a little group as we start off, and we're going to stay connected here and you're going to hear more stories and stuff like that. Um, but particularly as I finish up as pastor here and move into this new area of uh, calling for us, uh, would you continue to pray for me and pray for us as I continue to pray for you as a church this week again? It was nice to come back from Uganda, be plonked back here and just have um, a passion for praying for you guys as I was preparing this, just giving thanks to God and praying for uh, the future of this church. So uh, let me do that now. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that it is you